The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, you are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. I don't know if any of you would believe me if I told you that I've never had any suffering in my life. I've never had any burdens, any trials. Uh, I've never had anything unpleasant happen to me. And you would say, of course not. That's ridiculous. And I know every person in this church has had crosses in their life. They've had burdens. They've had suffering. And if you've been in a church before and you've been Catholic for any period of time, I know you've suffered through a long, boring homily at some point in your life. And I hope to not repeat that this afternoon. I don't want to add to any of your suffering. But Jesus says in the, our gospel today this difficult line that is one that I like to personally glaze over a lot of times. If you want to come after me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. So as followers of Christ, we must take up those crosses each day. It's not an if or when, but more of it's going to happen, and this is a call that Jesus gives us. And we know that this happens in small ways and big ways for short periods of time, for extended periods. We have an injury. We lose our job. We may struggle with some sort of anxiety or depression. We may fall ill or someone we love falls ill. So many ways that we suffer every single day in even small ways and bigger ways. And when these bigger things happen, when these bigger sufferings come our way, the natural question that we like to ask, or that we're going to ask, is why? Why does it have to happen this way? It doesn't have to happen this way, so why is it happening? And I think if an answer was to be had in, this, in these Gospels that Jesus gives us, this would have been the passage where he addresses that, that why question. Because he comes before them and he says, he is the Messiah, the one that is promised to them. And he says, I must suffer. 
I must be rejected and put before the authorities and put to death. And those who want to follow me, they too must take up that cross. And all the people there are probably thinking the same thing. Well, why does it have to be? It doesn't have to be this way, so why? And Jesus doesn't give a direct answer to that question. He doesn't say why, but he more so gives us a who. He gives us himself in this moment. He says, I'm going to hand over myself so completely to you that I will do, I'm going to go to the greatest lengths out of love for you. And I'm just asking you that you follow me in that journey. So the suffering that already existed, these people had suffering in their life before they met Jesus. But now their suffering is going to take on a whole new meaning. When they unite that with his suffering that he's about to experience, they are going to be growing deeper with him in this love. And more than that, they're going to take part in his salvation that he gives to the whole world. So this is a nice idea of why, but oftentimes we're still going to ask the question, well, well why? why? Why is this happening? And when we ask that question, a lot of times we, are, we turn to the only person that gives us the answer, who is Christ. And when we turn to him, we usually come to a church and we see him hanging upon a cross. Mother Teresa used to use this image a few times in her writings when she says as Jesus is upon the cross, he's often looking down. Because when he's looking down, he's looking to give us that kiss. And when his arms are outstretched, he's looking to embrace us. And every suffering that we have is a small kiss from Jesus. But when we get too close, when we start to get closer to him, it's impossible to get close to him without feeling the nails in his hands and without feeling the thorns in his crown. And it's going to hurt at times. And so these sufferings become this kiss from Jesus. And she wrote this to one lady who was, doing, who was having a lot of suffering, tremendous suffering in her life. And she just responded to Mother Teresa, well, if suffering is caused by these kisses from Jesus, then you could tell Jesus to stop kissing me because I've had enough. And I think this shows two dimensions of this, that this suffering that we experience is very personal that nobody else in the world is going to suffer the same way that we suffer in our lives. No one has the same crosses in their life. And a lot of these crosses we don't choose. And we have for years or maybe our whole life. And so when we are able to give that back to Jesus, we are able to kiss Jesus and to come to Jesus from a different angle than everybody else. We offer something to him that no one else can offer. But secondly, this shows in the response of the woman of, well, Jesus, I don't want him to kiss me then, is that we're never going to suffer perfectly either. We'll end up, when suffering comes our way, we'll have this vigor of say, okay, I got this. Here it comes. I want to be a disciple, whatever it takes. But then suffering comes and we complain, or we don't see the meaning in it. How can anything good come from this? Is Jesus, is this really an act of love in any way? When those moments come, we can remember that the person that experienced the deepest suffering next to Jesus was his beloved mother. The one who had to endure the greatest suffering of all, to watch her son to be scourged 
to be crucified, and then to feel the, his lifeless body placed in her arms. And yet she is the most beloved of all. And so we know that if he can bring her closer to him, and she can be a part of his saving work and save souls, then every unique suffering that's in our lives takes on a deeper meaning too. And so this day, as we draw closer to him, we offer him our suffering. Each individual, our unique suffering that no one else can give him. And as we gather around this table of sacrifice, we offer to God that suffering as he draws us closer and we participate in that ultimate sacrifice that's made present to us today. And we ask for the strength to take up our crosses and rely on Christ who walks with us at each step of that way and leads us into a deeper and more intimate level with his merciful heart that he gives us.